0: It's time for To The Last Drop podcast with Liam Delcom and Brendan Nell.
1: Welcome back to our podcast. This is To The Last Drop. Uh, I'm Brendan Nell. I'm here with Liam Delcom. And today we have a great, uh, great guest all the way from uh, Edinburgh in Scotland. Somebody we know pretty
2: well, Sean Everett. Sean, welcome to the pod and thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you, Brennan and William. I'm glad we could join you. Um, it's always a privilege chatting to you guys.
1: Uh, Sean, just, I mean, obviously, we haven't spoken to you for a while. I mean, you had a last we saw you, you were at the Bulls, and then suddenly the announcement came and it happened very quickly. And I think we were all so focused on World Cup and things like that that we didn't actually digest it too much. But uh, you've now been in Edinburgh for quite a while. It's a beautiful city. I must admit, one of my favorite
2: places to tour. How's it been? And just maybe take us through the how the whole thing came about. Yes, Brendan. Um, as you know, and you mentioned that I, I was at the Bulls at the time we were on a break um, and the agreement between the Bulls and myself was that if I were to get a senior position at another club, they would consider releasing me um, to be able to pursue a better opportunity. Um, yeah, and it did come around pretty quickly. I um, got a call on a Sunday night and Tuesday morning, I'd, I'd agreed to terms to come to Edinburgh. Um yeah, so it was quite daunting initially um, being at the same franchise at the Sharks for 15 years, being at the Bulls for six months, um, familiar territory, working with people that I know very well. Um, and then coming into something totally different, um, meeting new people, learning new systems, coming to a beautiful city like Edinburgh. Um, it was quite exciting, but daunting at the same time. But I've been here now for going on my 10th week, um, settled well, um, getting used to the weather um, and thoroughly enjoying myself.
0: On that score, Sean, I mean, you spoke about uh, spending all that time with the Sharks, and now you're obviously in a in a new system and a new culture. Uh, but obviously, they expect you to bring new ideas as well. I mean, how do you sort of uh, sort of tip your way through that minefield?
2: Yeah, you know, when I came in, obviously, I had to do some analysis on what on what went wrong in the previous URC. Um, The beauty of it is that, you know, they did attack really well. And an attack is something that takes time to build. So we didn't have to temper too much on that. Um, What what I did look at is where they fell short. And defensively, um, they were caught between two systems. Um, Having a lot of international players um, playing at the World Cup I think it was important for us to follow a similar system to what the national team are doing. It just made sense um, because when the international players come back to Edinburgh, they don't have as much time to prepare as what the 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 balance of the squad have had in the pre-season. So we, it was important that we align our defence with the national team. That was number one. And number two, um, we had a look at the style of play and where we're playing on the various areas of the field and see what was hurting Edinburgh. Um, they weren 't far off in the competition goal kicking was probably a big weakness for them um, so from a personal point of view it 's going to take time for me to stamp my authority on on how I want to play but at the same time i 've got to realize that you know i can 't change too much in 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 ten weeks and and it 's important for us to keep aligned um, so that when the internationals come back we don't they don 't have too much learning to do.
1: I was going to say, Sean, I mean, that, 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 as you say, Scotland's attack at the, at the World Cup was probably one of the best. If you look at all the stats. Um, I think they lead all the stats on things like offloads and defenders beaten, even though they weren't in the, the competition that long. Um, so, so, I mean, defense is definitely a thing that probably Edinburgh need, but, uh, Coming in with all those South Africans there, and I know that's something we always refer to here in South Africa, the Piers Kumans and the Duans and, you know, all those guys, they probably made it a bit easier, I suppose, in, in one way in, in that you know how they think as well. Or was it more of a challenge in that
2: respect? Um, yeah, Pierre and, Pierre and Duan weren't here when I arrived. They were at the World Cup, but obviously there was Boan Fenta and, and Luan Brand. Um, And I managed to bring in Tim Swill as a backup 10 while Ben Healy was away. Um. But the Scottish people are very hospitable. Um, they're very welcoming. And and we all know that they're very friendly people. Um, and that that certainly came through and was true to the rumours around South Africa that they are great people. Um, made me feel very welcome. Um, and then the players were also keen for something different. Um, so they bought into to what I um, presented to them. Um, and that was the way forward and, and ways to improve our game without taking away their, their flair and attack, which is what they're really good at. Um, you know, they scored 70 tries in the URC last year. So um, there wasn't too much to fix from that point of view. Um, but at the same time, they were aware of the weaknesses that they had had in the previous campaign. So they bought into it um, and, and we got on the field and, and everyone worked together. So it's been quite an amazing 10 weeks for me in a way. Sean, there's
0: obviously been this strong connection between South African and Scottish rugby right, over the last while, whether it's through players, whether it's through uh Tupper Henning running the the referee society and, and obviously you now coaches as well. Have you picked up any sort of distinct uh, South Africanisms? Uh you know, I know you've only been there ten weeks, but I mean is there sort of a South African are there South African characteristics there at play? Can you can you pick it up already?
2: Yes, I think um you know, with with the guy that we have here, yeah. um and you and you look at what positions they play in, like a buonfenter, Lucid prop, Via Piernell, prop, um Luanda Brain plays both sides of the scrum. And and um and and, and, and like I, I think I said Piers kuman So so those are obviously areas where where they short. Um, you know, the the Scots are naturally bred big people. Um so the guys work incredibly hard to be able to um be in the top eight in the world. Um, and they're very proud of the fact and they and they feel that they were deserving of of a better position in the in the World Cup, maybe qualifying for the quarters in their pool of death. Um so I think that that's pretty much where they look for the South African influence. Um is is to withstand the physicality of the South Africans, New Zealanders, um and maybe for that matter the English and Irish as well. Um, and I think you know in South Africa, that's bred in us from a young age, um, is to dominate the opposition from a physical point of view. Um, so I think that that's where they they look to the South Africans for, um, and that's what the South Africans can bring to them.
0: Can I ask you about what? Sorry, Brendan. Uh, about uh, you, everybody, I suppose when you go to a new place, you will take on a new job. You may have some preconceived ideas about what that what it will be like. Um, what have you found Edinburgh like, and and also obviously the rugby culture?
2: Yeah, um, it's, it's a very small rugby community in Edinburgh. Um, it's very intimate. Um, the city, obviously, beautiful. Um, and I think when people think about Edinburgh, they think of this massive city, it's actually not that big. Um, and the people in the community are very close to the club. Um, and their rugby knowledge um, is is really good. And they understand the game and they also understand what needs to be done. And that's from a spectator point of view. Um, so I was quite impressed with that and the rugby knowledge. They're very passionate about Scottish rugby. Um, as we know, as you would know, we work under a centralized system here in Edinburgh um, where Scottish rugby works very closely with the two franchises. And I suppose it is easier here easier, yeah, than in South Africa because in South Africa, you've got 14 different unions to work with. Um, and obviously, the distance between Edinburgh and Glasgow is, is, is not more than an hour our way back, so it 's very easy to run that way um, financially the the Scottish rugby is strong um, Edinburgh rugby's financial situations are strong, um, so yeah, it all bides well for success in the future. So I was going to ask you, sir. I was going to
1: come in. This this podcast is called "To the Last Drop" for an obvious reason. We normally talk wine and rugby, but um, I don't suppose you get too many wines up there where you do. It's more whiskey, uh sort of area. So the question is, how many whiskies have you tried
2: uh, since you've been in those
1: ten weeks in Edinburgh? In-
2: <laughs> Brendan, I don't, I don't drink much whiskey, but um, being here on my own, I've had to explore the city, um, especially in the pre-season when we weren't busy on the weekends. So I did. I did do myself a treat and and go on the Johnny Walker tour, um, and I must say it was a, a really impressive tour, by the way, um, and thoroughly enjoyable, even though I did it on my own. Um, but yes, the wines are a little bit different. I know the South African wines, and I know the South African labels, um, so it's a, I'm getting to know them. Yeah, um, a lot of Argentinian wine and Chilean wine, um, and and some wines from Australia, believe it or not. So. It is a bit challenging when you go into the store and you're looking for a bottle of wine. You're not sure which one to get. But, um, yeah, other than that, probably more of a beer drinker. And I've, I've I've tasted the different types of lagers that they have in the pubs around here.
0: <laughs> I can also highly recommend just a, a slow stroll down uh, the Royal Mile. And, you know, if you want to explore a few more whiskies, it's um, it's it's one way of doing it.
2: No, Make sure no, it's downhill. I've I've... I've walked the city flat, um, like said my family's at home, so I've got to keep myself occupied. But I think the beauty of Edinburgh is 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 amazing. You 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 can go to so many different parts of Edinburgh and you see something new every day, um, and and it's a different type of beauty. Um, fortunately, when I arrived, it was still in the summer months, so walking along the streets was was okay. I'm starting to get a bit chilly and miserable at the moment, but i um, getting slowly used to it. You just got to get the right kit. Um, but luckily, it is warm in the pubs, yes.
0: Yeah, the k-way jacket, I'm afraid, ain't
2: gonna do it there. No, it's not. I've got, I've got a very thin one as well that I brought from home. So that's, a, that's on top of my shopping list at the moment. But fortunately, at the moment, we've been busy on the weekends because the URC started, so I haven't been able to get out and about for some time. But I know Christmas is coming in December. January is is the coldest month, so that will be a challenge for us. Okay, but just, sure, sure. Yeah, just, um, just
1: turning to the URC there, you guys have had a, a decent uh, start, had that wonderful win this weekend with the the drop goal. Just maybe just out first of your emotions, just with that drop goal and, and, and what it meant to the team. And, and secondly, in terms of, yeah, just the, 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 the sort of self confidence and, and yeah, that, that does those little moments. I think people underestimate sometimes how a little moment like that can make such a huge difference in the season.
2: Yeah, I think Brendan. You know, they, we had enough practice at winning games at the death. You know, we we did well to beat the Lions. That was a tight game. We kept them out at the end, and then obviously the Dragons game. We had to come from beyond to win that one. Um, but the Connacht one was special. Um, you know, that Edinburgh have been losing games in the, in the last twenty minutes um, in the previous URC campaign, and we finished strongly in 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 all the rounds so far. So that's pleasing to see. Um, talking about the last few minutes in that game. Um, it was it was quite frustrating sitting in the coach's box because we had done enough to win the game and yet the scoreline was so close. And it was just because we conceded points after we had scored. Um, we we just didn't get out of our half um, when when teams kicked off to us. So that was a bit frustrating where we gave them easy entries and easy points. Um, so it's something that we have to work on there. But in saying that, you know, I'm, I was just so happy for the boys that they stuck to task, stuck to the plan. Um, and when we kicked off with three minutes left and at, at 22 all, we had to win the ball back to put pressure on them either to concede a penalty. And that's exactly what happened. Um, and then on top of that, you know, it's easy to sit in the, in the coach's box and I suppose the people at home are saying, well, Edinburgh are on a penalty advantage. Um, how come they didn't go for the bonus points? Um, the funny thing about it is I think the players were so relieved to win the game. You know that they went for the drop goal and and, and Benny Lee slotted it uh, under pressure as well. So I think those wins are important. Um, it does feel it does build confidence, particularly against a team like Connaught who's been strong last year and, and and have got better this year. They had a great start. Um, the win can't be underestimated because you know they came from twenty points to three down to beat Ulster, um, and as we know, Ulster one of the top teams in the URC, and then they turned one over against a full strength Glasgow team. So. We can't underestimate that, but at the same time, the guys need to stay humble. Um, we've got big challenges ahead of us. The URC is a competition where you can't take your foot off the gas and you've got to be up every weekend. As the Sharks found out against Sabre on on Friday night, there are no easy games. Um, and this week we've got the Bulls. Next week we've got Benetton. And then we go into, into we go down to, to Belfast to play against Ulster away. Um, so we just need to st- keep getting better at what we're doing, and hopefully not have those nail biters at the end of the game. Are you somebody
0: that's um, that bothered about the log? I know it's early days; it's early season still, um, because it, it does feel weird. You've you've played really well. You've got three wins from four, and yet you're eighth.
2: Yeah, it's just a couple of points between the eighth and first. Um, yeah, and those are, those are the bonus point trials talking about earlier. You know, bonus points would have put us in the top five. So. Um, at the end of the day, I'm not too concerned about that now. Um, I know that you need to win your home games um, to be competitive in this competition. Fortunately, we we've, we've, we won our first game away, um, and if we can win five of our away games, I think we would have done well. Um, but it's important to win at home because that means that you need to win an extra one away if you want to be in the top eight. Um, and that's why, for me, I think the Leinster game was quite disappointing because... You know, we we let ourselves down in that game with just too many individual errors. Um, we were on top of them in twenty, the first twenty minutes, didn't manage to get over the line, um, and then came back strongly in the last twenty minutes, but fell away in the in the middle part of the game. And I I, I feel it's a game that we should have won. Um, and you know, it all comes down to belief. Edinburgh haven't beaten Leinster away in eighteen years, um, and I think they were ripe for the picking, um, but unfortunately, once again. You know, it it didn't happen, so we're going to have to build on that. Uh, But this Connaught game would have given the guys a lot of confidence knowing that they can beat the top teams in the competition.
0: You're with Brendan Nell and Liam Delcom on the To The Last Drop podcast. I want to throw you a bit
1: of a curveball. I know know it's maybe a bit unfair because I know coaches never like talking about their previous sides. But um, you mentioned the Sharks against Zebra. And, um, I think, you know, people don't understand how difficult it is. One with the, going from summer to winter and obviously with the, the hybrid pitches that you have to play on, how different that is. Um, but just in terms of the shocks, it's your old team. I'm sure you still keep in touch with a lot of people there around there. Um, and Plum obviously is coming at a very difficult time. Uh, just
2: your thoughts on why they're struggling so much or what's going on there? Yeah. I think once again, you got to look at the depth of the squad. Um, and you know, that's always going to be difficult when you've got a, a huge amount of, or a large amount of internationals that are away at the world cup. And I think the sharks, if I'm not mistaken, have, have eight guys away. Um, and on top of that, you know, they've lost a, a good leader in Thomas de Tour, who's playing at Bath. So it was never going to be an easy start in that campaign. I had experiences of that, as you know, um, you know, at this time of the year, it's normally the November test matches as well. So the South African teams are without the internationals. Um, and it is quite challenging to come overseas. I know last year we only had three games. This year they had four. The previous campaign we had four, and all the South African teams struggled in the first campaign. Um, so I, I understand what, what what the Sharks are going through and what Plum is going through, but um, he'll be getting his reinforcements soon, and and, and that will certainly help them. Uh, this week, obviously, Sean, sure
1: uh, it was quite a surprise for some of us when you ended up at the Bulls. Um, I must admit that's not the, the, not the spot we'd anticipated <laughs> you being after the Sharks, but, um, this week you come face to face with Jake again. Uh, they've done pretty well on their tour. They've got two wins. Uh, maybe, maybe a little bit easier opposition than some of the other sides have had, but, um, yeah, still to win overseas has been pretty good. And what do you see in them and what are their threats? And I mean,
2: does the time you spent there help you in any way? Yes. Um, you know, Jake and I go back a long way, as you all know. Um, we coached together in 2014. Um, we've become good friends along the way, and he was kind enough to 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 put his hand out when you know I, I, when I left the Sharks. Um, and I, it was just great that I had that opportunity because sometimes the best way to get over um, a bit of adversity is to get back in the saddle and carry on doing what you love doing. Um, and I really en- enjoyed my time at the Bulls. Um, in a way, I was I was sad to leave because I had settled and you know I I'd agreed to terms for a long term contract, but it wasn't to be. But anyway, to to see Jake again this week is going to be great. Um, the Bulls have done exceptionally well. I think their recruitment has been smart. You know, once again, they have the least um, Springboks other than the Lions in their in their group. You know, they'll be getting back Curtly and and and, and Marco Frontstart and and Kane and Moody. I think there's only three that are going to come back to them. So I think that's really smart from Jake. So the group that he's got now is going to have for the rest of the season. Um, what they have done is they've strengthened their set piece by bringing in Wilco Lowe um, and Ako van Amaba. That's added depth to the quality that they have within their squad. Um, they've also brought in Jakob van der Vault, um, from who was here at Edinburgh, and, and Emmelman who hasn't played yet. But they're valuable members of their squad and, and are going to proved to be over the next, you know, six months. Um, I also just picked up, you know, Jake and them last year maybe were guilty of playing too much rugby in their own half, so they balanced that out now with a a good kicking game as well. And that going together with a strong set piece and them earning the most penalties in the competition at scrum time make them a formidable opposition. Um, And as you could see against Cardiff on the weekend, you know, they started with pretty much their second stringers wherever they could, and they put the big guys on, you know just after half time when the when the game was becoming close and then they they actually won the game quite comfortably i know the scoreline doesn't suggest that but i don't think the bulls were ever going to lose so yeah they they're going to be tough opposition to crack um yeah at half stadium on on friday night um we are under no false illusions of what they're going to bring from a physicality point of view um, but the edinburgh boys will take a lot out of what had happened over the last week against Connaught, and we're looking for a, a, a tough contest but confident that we can turn the Bulls over on Friday night.
0: Is, is the mindset, um, if if you look at the teams that have lost obviously players to, to World Cup and obviously the, those players haven't been reabsorbed into their respective systems, would the mindset for a team like yours be to fill your boots as much as you can now?
2: Yes, very much so. Um, you know the the Northern Hemisphere teams have another challenge coming at the end of January, um, and that's the Six Nations. So the players will get pulled out for two weeks prior to the Six Nations to prepare for that competition. Um, and I don't think when you're in South Africa, we we watch Six Nations on TV. I don't think we realise, you know, the the magnitude of that competition in in the UK and 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 Ireland. Um, it's a massive competition and. Tickets for those test matches are already sold out. So that that competition's taken very seriously here in the, in the Northern Hemisphere. Um, so it, it's important for me to make sure that the players that are going to be representing Edinburgh over that period of time while those internationals are away um, are getting game time and staying, staying up to speed because they're going to have to carry the can um, going forward.
0: Just on that score, I mean, you've, you've obviously worked in a sort of a centralised environment. Um, your sort of core performance areas, I know every coach wants to win trophies, but there's also the obligation to develop players. Um, how does your obligation to the the National Federation sort of weigh against uh, doing what you need to do to make Edinburgh uh, a really competitive and potentially a winning team in URC?
2: Yeah, I think fortunately, uh, <clears throat> especially in Edinburgh rather than Glasgow, um, you know, we we're in the same building at the Scottish headquarters. Gregor Townsend works 100 meters from me, and Jim Mallander, that you know, head of high performance, is not too far around the corner as well. Um, so we work really closely together, and I believe that it's it's our job as coaches, wherever we are, applying our trade around the world, is to walk to work towards a common cause, and that's the national um, the national cause. Um, so we've had their coaches in working with our guys. We, we've got 14 Scottish World Cup representatives in our group. Um, so it's important that we work closely with them. Um, and I'm, I'm here to support them. If, if I'm working closely with them, I'm going to get the best out of my players because then we're, that means that we're all aligned in what we need to do to achieve success. Um, but it's been great. You know, Gregor, Steve Tandy, um, JD, the Ford's coach, and Peter Horn. You know, have been amazing. They've been in here. You know, I've shared my philosophies with them, and and likewise, them with me. So, I think it's it's a great learning tool for all of us that hopefully we can combine different ideas to to make Scottish rugby stronger.
1: John, I'm just sitting here thinking, looking at the the the, the whiteboards behind you. I hope there's no state secrets there. Not that we could figure it out, but I hope there's no real <laughs> state secrets. It's too late now, probably if there is, but <laughs> no, there so that might be uh, yeah Uh, just uh, also another left field one from me. just we spoke about the World Cup where were you uh, where did you watch the final who are you with and how was that that, uh, being a South African in a foreign country
2: watching that we actually had an amazing day Brendan Um, we played the Lions on on the Saturday evening um, and fortunately for us it was an early kickoff we kicked off at five o'clock and then we had a function in one of the Bars here at Murrayfield, um, where we hosted the Lions, um, and and obviously the, the the Edinburgh families, wives, children, and um, a lot of them were all behind South Africa. Funny enough, the Scots as well. And um, yeah, we had a great time. Um, and obviously, South African winning it was was a big celebration. Um, the Lions guys thoroughly enjoyed themselves, it was great having them here. Um, we we did show them good hospitality. They didn't have to use their ranch to buy beer. Um, <laughs> supplied that for them. So you can imagine, it was a great party that night. I can imagine. Yeah, I think uh, we
1: all. It's one of those we all remember where we were. So um, uh, William was working that night. Uh, so um, yes, I was. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, uh, I, I'm sure. I'm sure you're not going to get too many, too much sympathy from anybody. The, the fact that you're in this... I wasn't looking for any either, Brendan. But, but thanks I for your concern. I just throw that out there, you know. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I think you're going to come out. You guys are going to tour to South Africa. Were, were you playing there? Which are the four sides?
2: Yeah, we come out in March. Um, just yeah, the Six Nations will just be finishing there, so I, I doubt that we'll be at full strength for the first two games. Well, we're only playing two for those games overseas. Um, we're playing the stormers, um, in Cape town and obviously the sharks in Durban.
1: Oh, so that'd be nice, nice for you to go back to Durban there. I'm sure you wouldn't mind if you were full strength then. Hopefully they're not full strength.
2: Yeah, they will be at full strength. I know, um, is giving the guys a bit of a break over February, but they'll be back for us. um, Yeah, we'll see what it brings. I think the squad that we're trying to grow yet will be a good experience for them to travel and get that opportunity to play against the Sharks and the Stormers away. Um, We also know that, you know, the Sharks have to take advantage and the Stormers alike have to take advantage of of being at home because it's tough to tour in the northern hemisphere. Um, So we'll be under no false illusions of what's coming our way. But it's a great challenge for us Um, and also a good opportunity for the guys to get out of the cold and go and enjoy the South African sun.
0: Uh, last question. Just finally from, from, from yes. Oh, sorry, I was just going to st- say. Uh, just finally from me, and it's, this is not a curveball, but uh, obviously uh, with you coaching the and, and Franco, do you have a do you have a friendly li- rivalry going already, or is that something that um, we'll that was, sort of just take you further down the line? Uh, I think that was pretty Vercom- much my I, question. <laughs> <you>
1: know,
0: <Franco laughs> sorry,
2: Brandon. Franco and I chatted a bit on WhatsApp. Um, we haven't really had an opportunity to meet just yet because here up, They started their preseason later than us and I was trying to settle in and, and then what happened was that the week that I was off, Franco went to visit his family um, in Italy. So yeah, we've been missing each other um, but I will be seeing Franco next Friday. Um, uh, we've picked an A-team to play against the Glasgow A-team. So we're going to go to Glasgow and, and I'm sure we'll bump into him there but yeah, he stamped his mark in rugby in Scotland. They're very happy with what he achieved last year. Um, you know, it was tough for him in the beginning. He came in late, but he, you know, he, he achieved immediate success finishing the top eight, qualifying for Heineken Cup, um, got to the playoffs of the URC, and then played in the final of the EPCR. So he's done really well, um, and he's well-respected here in Scotland. And, and he's also, you know, gathered together a good group of young men. Um, and... You know, as I don't know if many South Africans know that, but the eighteen seventy two cup is a massive game here in 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 Scotland. Um and we it's a double header. Over two weeks we play them on the thirty on the twenty second of, of December, um in in, in in Glasgow, and then we play them on the thirty thirtieth of December here at Murrayfield. Um, you know, you expect between forty and fifty thousand people to attend those games. Um so, yes, I think our rivalry will start them at the moment we're supporting each other through the u r c it must be nice though Sean, just last last from
1: Eden, uh, Um It must be nice though to see South African coaches because for a long while, say before the u r c started it was we often hear about New Zealand coaches coaching here and New Zealand coaches there um and South African coaches were pretty insular in terms of that um now, now it seems like there's, in every league there's at least one or two South African coaches going, and it's nice to see that sort of cross-pollination of ideas as well.
2: Yeah, I think it's great. And I, you know, South Africa winning the World Cup um, has obviously helped with, with South African coaches getting positions overseas. Um, you know, it, people tend to, to sway towards the team that's the champions, um, and at one stage New Zealand were on top for eight years, as we know. And our South Africans turn, and that provides opportunities for the coaches in South Africa. Um, and we do have very good coaches in South Africa, and probably some of the best are still coaching at schools. Um, so, so that that that's really good. You know, in the preseason, we played a friendly against Bath, and it was nice catching up with Johan van Cron, who's done really well in the Premiership. Now they've had a great start to to the season, and and Bath had been in the in the doldrums for some time. Um, And Johannes brought a little bit of hope and laugh back into into Bath Rugby. So it's always great catching up with them, Um, you know, maybe before games or catching them for a beer after games. But it's just so pleasing to see that the Southern coaches are getting out there and they are getting recognised for their abilities and potential. That's great,
0: uh, Sean. Um, Yeah, and yeah, just congratulations on, um, yeah, your appointment there. And I'm sure uh, you can take the, uh, the Edinburgh team from strength to
2: strength. No, thank you very much, Liam. I appreciate that.
0: Yeah, I think we'll probably catch up with you a bit
1: further on in the season again at some point. And, uh, hopefully, hopefully, uh, things are going very well then and, uh, we can, we can talk about some of the successes then. Uh, but yeah, good luck and enjoy that wonderful city. And as Liam says, uh, there's so many whiskies in Scotland. I'm sure at some point you're going to try and, and well, we would try and probably get to all of them at some point, but uh, probably fail
2: dismally, but uh, do your best. No, thank you. I'll give it a go, Brennan. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I look forward to chatting to you again. It's nice, it's nice seeing um, South African faces um, and familiar faces and, and and enjoy chatting to you.
1: No, thanks, Jordan. Thanks, thanks, thanks for, Sean. for this.
2: Cheers, guys. Cheers, Jordan. Cheers.
0: Thanks for listening. And a reminder, you can find all the To The Last Drop podcasts on the Brendan Nell YouTube channel, iono.fm, Spotify, player.fm, Pocket Casts, Google Podcasts, and iTunes, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts.